1: Still without a child, yeah, your faith in me remains strong.
2: You've really done your best, passed every test,
1: never questioning anything at all. So this I promise you, if you promise
2: to stay true, your children will be like the
3: stars Sky, this vast universe before your very eyes, endless in number and endless in size.
2: You couldn't count him if you tried. I
3: promise you tonight.
2: More thing to be done, so listen, please. Take the one you love and sacrifice him up above as an offering to me. So this I promise you: if you promise to stay true,
3: your children will be like the stars sky, this vast universe before your very eyes, endless in number and
2: endless in size, couldn't count him if you tried. in yourself, loyal to me, your name will carry on, your nation will grow strong, a promise kept throughout history, so this I promise you, if you promise to stay true, your children will be like the stars in the sky. You couldn't count on me if you tried. Couldn't count on me if you tried.
4: Keep my up. It's a und der it's a noch nicht manchmal nicht manchmal und ich
5: I
3: said I'll show Oh, <laughs>
0: Good morning. Welcome to a Friday Erev Shabbos. I'll tell you. (laughs) Thank God we made it to this Friday Erev Shabbos. What a week, huh? What a week. This is a week we won't quickly forget, that's for sure. It's Friday morning on this November the 6th of 2020. Make sure to wish Stacey Siegel a happy anniversary if you see her today. 19th day in the month of Mar Cheshvan, the year 5781, Tufshin Pei Aleph. Sarah Shabbos Parsha's Vayera. candle lighting in New York, 425. Candle lighting very early compared to what we're used to everywhere around the world. Well, I shouldn't say everywhere. I guess anywhere that switched from daylight savings time to, um, to standard time. Uh, but in many places, we're not used to how early Shabbos is. So again, listen carefully, New Yorkers, New Jerseyans, people in this area, 425, your candle lighting time, 425. Five, keep that in mind as you go through the day. And uh, hope for a uh, for a uh, timely day. You want today to be on time. You want everything to be on time, including candlelight. <laughs> uh, you heard Micha Gamerman with the uh, Lil Shabbos medley, Maod Maod. That was Ari Goldwag, Eitan Katz, Ki Malachav off of Unplugged, Volume Number Three, The Promise, great brand new song from Aryeh Kunstler and Regesh, Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. 56 degrees, 79% humidity, winds of southwest, 7 miles per hour, partly cloudy with a high of 71. Is it the first week in November? Wow. It was not 71 November 6 31 years ago. That I can tell you. It was not 71. It was raining. It may not have been that cold, but I remember the Ufruf Shabbos uh, two days before was really, really cold. It had been like uh, temperatures like this. For the days before, and then all of a sudden on Shabbos, it became really cold. Talking about like, in, I think in the 30s, if I'm not mistaken. I'd love to look that up. would love to look that up, what the, the temperature was on the offer of Shabbos. Anyway, um, 71. Can you imagine? That's pretty good. Excuse me. Clear skies tonight, low 52 and sunshine for tomorrow. A high shop is 73 degrees. Woo! I will take it. 62 right now in Yerushalayim. 56 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Hello, everybody. Uh, Harry Rothenberg at 7.05. News from Israel at 7 a.m. Rabbi Yudin at 8.15. Weekly update, Malcolm Holmline at 7.40. I'm um, trying to think what else i got to remind everybody about. Yesterday we had an interesting day. Uh, first of all, kudos to NCSY—they put together a really nice production last night uh, for their Shabbos program. As everybody tries to be as creative as possible when it comes to uh, when it comes to um, Zoom-type events and virtual events and all that. Um... So last night I was part of the, uh, the the start of the broadcast because I had the privilege of announcing the top 3 songs. There, there was a tie for third between Minion Man and It's Time to Say Good Shabbos. I was surprised It's Time to Say Good Shabbos did as well as it did. I'll credit Jamie for that. Uh then the second place song was uh, Ari Goldwag's Curry Bone. And that is an un- I, to me that's a, a massive massive compliment to him. Uh, and number one was Achash... Was, uh, I almost misidentified the song. Uh <laughs> <Tov> Hodos <laughs> was number one a- at the end of the night, which uh, was, uh, I shouldn't say expected, but certainly was appropriate for the uh, number of uh, times NCSY has sung that song. Also, I was told by Rabbi Wialgis that on TJJ, it's usually the first song that they are taught during the summer, which is really interesting. Anyway, so... Um, so we're part of this whole broadcast. But anyway, yesterday, during the live lunch, uh, my usual co-host, Miriam al Wallach, is out of town. So I invited uh, millennial uh, Joshua Siegel and our music director, Mark Zamek. We had a really, really good discussion about Shabbos music, at least I think so. Uh, based on the reaction of the audience, it was a pretty good discussion. And um, one, of the, one of the central discussions was about the Jep song, One Peaceful Friday Night. Mark mentioned more than once just how meaningful a song it is to him and how for us growing up, that song was probably the Minion Man, the it's time to say good Shabbos of those days. So we had an and, and of course we discussed many other things as well regarding uh, Shabbos selections. And I, I even heard from listeners last night who went back to Dafka listen to the live lunch to hear that whole discussion because they had heard they had missed it and um yeah i I think it was really in fact i'm going to recommend it if you didn't hear it and you're really into shabbos music discussion uh go to the live lunch uh section of the archives uh nahumsegal.com or on the app and uh i think you'll be pleased i think you'll be pleased with the uh with the conversation we had yesterday anyway tip of the hat to our music director mark zamek who by the way is going to be featured again at 10 a.m. Eastern Time with the Erev Shabbos Show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. He'll be doing that show um, again at 10 o'clock this morning. Uh, but tip of the hat to Mark Zamek because uh, what do we have queued up? We have queued up Jeps, One Peaceful Friday Night. On a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. <laughs>
1: Mosai, 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 Timloich, Mosai, Timloich, Betziyoyim. Tell us, when will you return to your holy city and restore your throne? To Jerusalem,
3: Kim Chakim, Kim, Kim Chakim, and who else but your precious children? would still be waiting and waiting and waiting for you.
1: Oy, oh, hoy oh, oh, malchus oh, oh. asking you hashem for so very many years with loyalty and patience through the sorrow and the tears and we are so hopeful for that day you have never lost our trust because hay And should you choose to keep us waiting, we'll keep asking if we must. (laughs) Masaitim leich
3: Akh Nietzsche,
6: a
7: so
3: I say wir tain
7: Shem eloi keino, binechamasi yoyni rechom, uvevin yan Yerushalayim, irka.
3: La la oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning, Arab jobs <laughs> I'm reading some of the some of the posts that people have regarding the election, and the, I mean, some of them are just very clever. Frankly, uh, I don't want to say any of them on the air because then I'll be accused of uh, siding with one side or the other. But frankly, both sides have great, great lines. Uh, but I guess that's to be expected. Lots of humor coming out of a very, very tense situation, that's for sure. Friday morning, J.M. in the A.M. on this era of Shabbos Parshas Vayera, candle lighting at 425. Kudos to our friends from NCSY for their great program last night. By the way, next Thursday night I have another great program I'm going to be involved with. I'm hosting the uh, the end of the charity campaign for Yeshivat Shavei Chevron, And I hope, excuse me, I hope you'll join us because a lot of the broadcast, which is going to be going on between 8 and 10 p.m., and we'll get to the the address and where to find it and everything, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. A lot of the broadcast is going to be live from Chevron on Erev Shabbat Chayesara, literally Thursday night Erev Shabbat Chayesara. Yeah, practically Friday. Yeah, what am I talking about Thursday night? It's Friday morning. Friday morning Erev Shabbat Chayesara. So uh, although the news from Israel was bleak this morning when uh, I found out that it looks like the Ma'ra is not going to be open at all next Shabbos, they were talking about it uh, being open at least on Erev Shabbos or part of it on Shabbos. Now it doesn't look like it's going to be open at all, but hopefully that'll change. Uh, but yeah, virtually you and I will be able to uh, visit Hebron on Erev Shabbat Chayi Sarah, which is pretty amazing. So that's happening Thursday night. We'll update you as we get closer. It's com slash charity dot charity.com. Slash Shavei Chevron Ritze done by the uh, cast of the benching tape Musai that was brand new from H volume number three Mordechai Shapiro and Aina Nachnu and one peaceful Friday night dedicated to our music director Mark Zamek who's coming up at 10 a.m. with the air of Shabbos show sponsored by Kedem that of course the song from Jep. Here at JM in the AM. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Khaled in the background on this era of Shabbos, Parsha's Vayera. Candlelighting is early. We changed the clock on Sunday. Candlelighting is early in New York, 425. Keep that in mind, 425. 56 degrees, partly cloudy, and a high of 71. I can't get over these temperatures. You wish a lime right now at 62. We're at 56, but again, 71 today, sunny, and 73 for Shabbos. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at AH, Abels and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry kishka and more, and modern, better-for-you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net. Enjoy a 10% discount with promo code RADIO and try a A&H today. I'll be at Aaron's later today in Queens. I'll try to pick up some a h They've got some delicious and incredible products, to say the least. Kali, it's out in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. By the way, partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat. Check it out. Partnersintower.org slash Shabbat. Galay Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m.
8: Newscast, next to J <laughs> זך שפעל גם כסופר, עורך ומתרגל. היה אחד היוצרים החשובים בתרבות הישראלית ונמנע עם מהצבע. רבים משיריו הולכנו בהם כי האדם עץ השדה, כולנו זקוקים לחסד, כשצלצה לתרעד כולך ואיך זה שכוכב. ככה הוא נשמע ברעיון עם גרוס בגלי לפני מספר שנים.
5: אני לא פוחד מהמוות, אני לא אוהב אותו. ואני מאוד מקווה שאני לא אצריך לעבור את ה... השפלה הזאת של המוות. יש אנשים שמתים באמת קשה יגיע אין להם יותר מה לתרום ואין להם ממה להנות יותר.
8: בשנים האחרונות סבל זך בזיכרון ושהה במוסד סיעודי במרכז הארץ. הוא נפטר כאמור הבוקר בבית החולים שיבטל השומר. מועד עלוויתו, טרם נקבע. כאן בגלי צהל נשדר בחמש בערב תוכנית מיוחדת של ספרים רבותי ספרים לזכרו. בארצות הברית נמשך המרוצה הצמוד לנסיעות עם הפח בג'ורג'יה. כלי תקשורת מדווחים כי ביידן מוביל ב אלף קולות לאחר ימים של הובלה מובהקת של טראמפ. אם ביידן יהיה נצח במדינה הדרומת, הוא יהיה במרחק אלקטור אחד בנסיעות. כתבת חדשות החוץ מיכל גלנץ מזכירה כי אף מועמד דמוקרטי לא ניצח במדינת ג'ורג'יה, מאז ניצחונו של קלינטון. ב-92 ובשעות הקרובות הסתיים גם ספירת הקולות בפנסילבניה שמחזיקה ב-20 אלקטורים ועשויה להכריע את המרות סופית לטובת ביידן. נכון לשעה זו טראמפ מוביל במדינת המופתח בפאר של קצת יותר מ-18 אלף קולות. במשבר הפיקוח על מעונות היום במשרד העבודה והרווחה החלו בניסוי, במסגרתו יוכשרו מפקחים ברשויות המקומיות על תחום הגיל הרך. המפקחים יבדקו האם למעונות ביישוב יש אישור הפעלה, יבצעו בדיקת רישום פלילי לצוותים, והאם הצוות עבר הדרכה כמו כן מפוי מיפוי וספירה של כלל המעונות בשטח הרשות, זאת במטרה להרחיב מערך הפיקוח על התחום ולנסות למנוע מקרה התעללות, ידיעה שהעביר כתבנו לענייני חינוך, דורון קדוש. ומזג האוויר היום תורגה של בטמפרטוט, אך עדיין יהיה קר מהרגיל העונה, ייתכן גשם מקומי קל בעיקר בצפון הארץ, ובמזרחה אלה החדשות.
9: L'chad
2: O'vi, l'chad Kala, b'ni Shabbat, b'ni
0: J.M. and the A.M. Lachado D. done by uh, Schlockrock. A Shabbat in Liverpool. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Hello, hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in from around the world. Greatly appreciated. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Uh, J.A. Mora, you're so right about One Peaceful Friday Night, and thanks for writing in on that. Uh, this listener said, A good and happy Erev Shabbos. Let's talk about Shem. will help us all in the uh, unity of Claudius Searle. Uh, as Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky said, um, oh, I'm not, honestly, I can't, I can't, I'm not quite trying to understand the comment now. All I do know is that both Philadelphia and Phoenix are, uh, mentioned in this app comment <laughs> that I can tell you. And both of those are pretty important cities now as they count the votes. That's for sure. 56 degrees, partly cloudy, a high of 71, believe it or not. Candle lighting very, 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 very early. 425. Very early compared to what we're used to. Be careful. Make sure you start is on time. Not too many things more important than that, frankly. Um, Harry Rothenberg has some uh, insight into our... Um, Oh, I'm on the wrong computer. I'm wondering where, where's I'm wondering where's Harry's words. There we go. Uh, Harry Rothenberg has in, uh, insight into Parshas Vayera. Oh, and as I mentioned, Harry Rothenberg, who's a big fan, of course, of uh, Partners in Torah. Uh, coming up next week. I know we were supposed to do it this week, but it's going to happen next week. Uh, a special song debut and uh, a special analysis of a great campaign that Partners in Torah is in right now. Partners in Torah slash uh, Shabbat partnersintorah.org, I should say, slash Shabbat, partnersintorah.org, slash Shabbat. When you go to that website, uh, you will see a um, a collection of, 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 actually, I should say, a series of videos that are being offered to learn more and more about Shabbat and more and more about our heritage and tradition. And Partners in Torah is recommending you do that with someone else, uh, hence the whole concept of Partners in Torah. So you'll see the web, look at the website, and you'll see exactly what I mean partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat. Shabbat has two B's, partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat. Uh, Go to that website and you'll see exactly what I mean. And uh, we'll talk more about it next week when our friends and partners in Torah join us here at JM in the AM. Harry Rothenberg with words about Parshas Vayera at JM in the AM.
10: Abraham, Avraham, faces a number of very difficult tests in this week's Torah portion. One of them occurs when his wife Sarah, Sarah, tells him that he has to banish his second wife, Hagar, and the son that he's had with her, Ishmael, Yishmael, from the household. Because Sarah's worried about the influence and the danger that Yishmael is posing to the son that she had with Avraham, Yitzhak. Avraham, the pillar, the paragon of kindness, does not want to have to banish Hagar and Yishmael from the house. But God himself intercedes and tells Avraham, listen to your wife, Sarah. And so painfully, reluctantly, Avraham sends Hagar and Yishmael away. We don't see any later interaction between Avraham and Yishmael in the Torah, but an obscure medrash fills in the blanks and tells us about a couple episodes that happened later. Three years later, Avraham procured permission from Sarah to go visit his son Yishmael, on the condition that it be a very brief visit. In fact, he had to agree not to even get off of his camel. So he heads to go check on his son. He arrives and he's not home. Yishmael's wife tells Avraham that Yishmael's out with his mother Hagar. So Avraham says, you know, I'm starving from the journey. Can I have a little bit of bread and water? And she says, sorry, I don't have any. Avraham says, can you deliver a message for Yishmael from me? Tell him that an old man came to visit from the land of Canaan and wants to let him know that he should change the threshold of his house. It's not good for him. Yishmael returns. She gives him the message. He realizes what Avraham is telling him, that his wife is not the right person for him, somebody who wouldn't give even a little bit of bread and water to a starving stranger. And so Yishmael goes out with his mother's help and finds a new wife. And three years later, Avraham comes back for another brief visit. And again, Yishmael is out with his mother Hagar. This time, Avraham appeals to Yishmael's new wife and says, I'm starving, can I have a little bit of bread and water? And she says, sure, and she brings it to him. And then Avraham prays to God, and suddenly, miraculously, there's this massive bounty in Yishmael's household. Avraham leaves, Yishmael returns, his wife tells him what happened, the strange visitor, and he sees this bounty that he's received in his household, and he feels the love of his father. Avraham didn't even see him. But he was able to convey the message i'm still looking out for you from afar i miss you and i love you and maybe that's what helped Yishmael along in his path towards repentance the rabbis tell us that Yishmael did indeed repent before his death we know that because the word that's used in connection with his death is a word that's used only to suggest or to denote the death of the righteous And the rabbis prove that he repented from the passage that tells us in next week's Torah portion that when Avraham died, he was buried by his sons Yitzchak and Yishmael. Yitzchak's listed first, even though he's the younger son, because Yishmael deferred. That's how we know he repented. How's that repentance? Because he's the older brother. The reason he deferred is because he recognized and deferred to Yitzchak's superior spiritual status. And so maybe, just maybe, these recent peace deals that Israel has inked with some of its Arab neighbors are a pleasant, wonderful harbinger of more things to come. Maybe someday soon in our lifetimes, Israel will be able to make long-lasting peace with even more of its Arab neighbors, with its cousins. Here's hoping.
5: I am I I die fal mi
0: in the a.m. Friday morning. That was uh, Shia Rubenstein off of Shire ha Plata with uh, L'Chad D. You heard Isaac B. Tone with his L'Chad Mi Me Ani done by Shlomo Katz. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos on this Parsha's Vayera, candle lighting at 425 in New York. Very early. We're on standard time now, 425, 425. So um, coming up, Malcolm Honelein, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. We'll have the weekly update here at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time at JM in the a.m. 8.15 for Abayudin on Parshas Vayera. Coming up at 9 a.m., and it's a brand new table for two with Naomi Nachman. She's got quite a, uh, quite a show planned for this morning. Uh, she will feature the uh, Roadhouse Boca. Literally, she did the show, this morning's show, from the Roadhouse Boca with owner and executive chef Seth Warshaw, executive pastry chef Sarah Azizia, Azizian, and Michelle Seca, the Miami food yenta. They're all together between 9 and 10 this morning here on the Nachum Siegel Network on Naomi Nachman's table for two. Erev Show with Mark Zamek. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Starts at 10 a.m. Erev is music mix starts at 1 p.m. Brought to you by our friends at Kedem. Harry Rothenberg's weekly Parsha vlog, which we just did for you about 20 minutes ago, will be included as well. Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami and Robert Elisabeth Wickler tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Um, oh, Friday's J.M. and A.M. Today's Jam and A.M. will actually be encored at 10 p.m. Saturday night. So if you tuned in Saturday night, and a lot of people will be, of course, because there's a lot, uh, a lot of time this Saturday night, then uh, you'll hear that. And uh, Matis has J.M. Sunday on Sunday morning starting at 7 a.m. Eastern time. He's amazing. He's live every single Sunday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern time. Make sure to be tuned in and enjoy. Yeah. Puts together an amazing show every single week. That's a uh, an understatement. Uh, weekly update coming up and plenty more if you keep it right here at J.M. in the AM. This is a... Uh, this is a selection from the Maccabees at JM in the AM.
3: dejado de, de llegar a
0: AM with Derek Achim and Lechado D. Boy, did we do a lot of Lechado D's, I guess, in tribute to the NCSY uh, Best Shabbos Song Contest. I think I actually pointed out that the list of nominations had no Lechado D's, right? Didn't we discuss that? But it was part of yesterday's live lunch? I believe so. Very interesting. a- A- Eden before that, the Maccabees, Shia Rubenstein, all with Lachal Dodi. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Parshes Vayera, candlelighting lighting at 425 in New York. Very early, if there's one important message to remember this week, cause you want to always start Shabbos on time, not many things more important than that when it comes to our ritual observance. And in New York, 425, uh, no doubt early in many parts of the world. Anybody who switched from... Uh, Daylight savings time to a uh, standard time recently. So make sure you know when things start where you are and make sure to get your Friday uh, chores done as early as possible. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at a A&H. Abels and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies. Pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old World Classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. And modern, better-for-you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net and try a A&H. Today, enjoy a ten percent discount at KosherDogs.net with promo code Radio. And I, I also want to remind you, we, we were we were trying very hard to get uh, to get together with our friends and partners in Toro for the big song debut, and all the uh, different things they're doing for their special Shabbos campaign. Didn't work out for this like like a lot of things this week. It didn't work out, uh, but it has worked out, please God, uh, in terms of the schedule for next week. So next week we'll have the song debut and the conversation with our friends and partners in Torah here at JM in the AM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Malcolm Holmline. Oh, and I also want to remind everybody, as I always do, go to jewishworldreview.com if you want to uh, print out thousands of articles regarding Israel and the Jewish world, and probably a lot of other very timely things from this week, I would bet. Uh, I'll check out the website, but you could check it out uh, once... um, uh, once you get to your computer at JewishWorldView.com, again, print out thousands of articles regarding Israel and the Jewish world uh, before the long Shabbos, but short Friday. Well, right, regular, you know what I mean, uh, before your short Friday ends. Malcolm Honeline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, he joins us for the weekly update
11: here at JM in the A.M.
0: Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the A.M.
11: No, thank you after a nice quiet week, nothing happening and it's good to have a chance just to reflect quietly.
0: Boy, you must have put yourself in seclusion, you must have been isolated, you must in, have been in a,
11: a basement. You
0: must have been in a serious COVID type environment if you think nothing happened this week. Nonetheless, I will quiz you anyway because I have a feeling that even you in an isolated state knows more about what's happening in current events than most of us do. Uh, the results, the results, which are still being determined and still being counted, in the United States election. Now, what happened was here Tuesday morning, election day, Kalbach special, encouraging everybody to vote. Wednesday morning, until about nine thirty, and we went long Wednesday morning because we were uh, analyzing with our political pundits what was happening. The assumption was Donald Trump was going to win. Looked like Pennsylvania was a win, and of course many other states. That would require um, that he would be required to get in order to get to 270. And those conversations were conducted under that premise. And then at about 9:30 in the morning, uh, yeah, I should say Michigan, not Pennsylvania. about 9:30 in the morning on Wednesday, all of a sudden things switched and hundreds of thousands of votes started going in the other direction. And now you know where we are we're, we're at what looks like a uh, an eventual victory, and um uh, and uh, elected as uh president elect for Joe Biden again hasn't happened yet but uh it's certainly heading in that direction what is your reaction to this very interesting week and very interesting process to get to this point
11: well it is very interesting in the sense of a chinese curse may you live in interesting times uh, certainly overdone with this one um The American people have spoken, the fact that record numbers of people voted, and we see the changes. It it highlights the changes in the demography of our country and the shifts that are are taking place. And the important thing is that they come together after an election. And, you know, we demonstrate the unity that is essential for progress, especially in the age of COVID. I think the stresses on society are immense. I think the, the, the challenges ahead, in terms of the economic challenges of cities and states, is is incredible. Uh, I think the you know we have so many uh, sundry other uh, things related to to the economic dislocation, social dislocation that has come about. And for too long, it seems that the often the international affairs have gotten such short shrift. Nobody even seems to care much about what is happening on the international scene and much is happening uh, that doesn't get any attention so uh, I hope now after this is over we'll be able to refocus everybody on some of those issues and, and talk about the governance and getting things done.
0: Any Anyone who, like you, you just said you want to see unity, you want to see everyone coming together, you want to see post-election, you know Americans behave like they mostly have and leadership in America behave like they mostly have after every election. I would say all but I would say almost every. Um, with that in mind you and others who think the way you do must be pretty disappointed in yesterday's presentation by president trump when he uh, displayed everything but uh, a, a a desire to be unified and to move forward you know in a pretty uh, dignified and peaceful manner
11: well i think i don't want to get into the personalities and what each one has said and not said but i do think you know that the the president has a right to pursue through legal means any challenges and where he thinks that there is uh, things that were done wrong, we have remedies. Uh, but then we have to accept the remedies and, and recognize that that is the outcome. Uh, I think, you know, it will clarify in the next 24, 48 hours, even though the number, the counts won't be finished. Um, but for us, you know, it's equally important what happens with the Senate. And we still have now the likelihood of a runoff in, in Georgia of both uh, senators. Uh, and that, and with that could hang the balance, because you could end up if both of them lose then would the Senate would be fifty fifty uh even though well we we'll have to see how some of the other senates but races come out, but essentially that 's pretty clear uh, and even if it 's fifty one forty nine then that means whoever has the fifty one gets to name the chairman of committees, which is very, very important. Uh, you know, it's it's more significant than the, than the number would indicate about who gets the extra these two seats, how it how it breaks out, because if it's a fifty-fifty split, it's the vice president who, in this case, if it's a Democrat or Republican, uh, uh, will make the difference, will have the split vote when when uh, decisive vote if if it is a split. So, people are not ever so uh, you know obsessed with what's happening on the presidential front that we should also look at what's happening on the senatorial front on the house rep, uh, side obviously the democrats will be in control um, it's usually not so great when one party controls all three uh, houses but um, the, uh, obviously the raise it in margins and in this, even in the house where there is a, a majority uh, a democratic majority it's much slimmer they had expected to pick up I think four or five seats, even six, Uh, but in fact they um, they lost uh, a greater number. So, you know, we're going to have very contentious discussions in both bodies, and I think the you know which is why the presidential race should get resolved. We should finish this. The this the House races. Uh, There will be major changes in the committee chairs, you know, people like Elliot Engel will be gone and Nita Lowy and they'll be replaced. Well, Greg Meeks will replace Engel, but um, people like Betty McCollum and Barbara Lee and others will be having key the key chairmanships, um, like appropriations, defense, etc., which obviously are very vital in the context of aid to Israel and Support on so many vital issues.
0: Right. I know that there's. Uh, you're right that if the president or anybody you know feels the uh, uh, necessity and has the evidence that there was fraud or some type of uh, uh, illegality, obviously they have a right to uh, to go ahead and uh, and pursue uh, justice through the courts, etc. I get all that. But the other thing that's striking is that the result is not that crazy to believe even with the uh, popularity that the president had uh, you know at his rallies and in certain states before the election, he defeated Hillary in Michigan by 10,000 votes. I mean that's a, that's essentially a tie when it comes to you know right. pre- presidential election. You know, even Pennsylvania last time around in 2016, he won by 45,000 votes. Again, you know, it, too close to call, one might say, you know at some point, During that counting, essentially, and I know that, you know, a lot of people, especially in this audience are upset, but I'm trying to be realistic here. Essentially, I I know there could be fraud and things done that that are not on the up and up. And we know, you know, if you hear, especially in local elections, you, you hear a lot of stories about what goes on behind the scenes. But it's not again. We're in Pennsylvania and Michigan. In a too close to call environment, it's not that crazy to think a few votes or a few t- a f- or ten- a few ten thousand votes, you know, shifted one way or the other. Four years later, it may she- it may finally shed light on what many people have said for the last four years, which is we didn't realize how much people hated Hillary Clinton, and that Joe. What the worst thing that happened to Donald Trump this week is that Joe Biden wasn't Hillary Clinton. And if not for COVID, by the way, would this result without COVID? I certainly would be a proponent of that theory. I mean, you could argue that COVID killed the president in this case, not just because of the way he handled it, but because they really changed the rules in a lot of states, you know, with COVID as the excuse, early mailing, et cetera. So you could say that COVID really killed him this time around. But I mean, I and I know people want to believe that there was a lot of, you know, shenanigans, but the reality is if you look at the numbers, it's not so far-fetched.
11: I don't think it's far-fetched at all, and I think, again, as we do the analysis, and I've spoken to people who specialize in that, I mean, it does reflect the changes in, in this country. We're going to be a majority-minority country. We are shifting in, in the political and, and uh, ethnic makeup of the, of states when you have the shift of populations, like in Arizona, where a lot of people from California moved, or Texas, or other places. So the, the even the old rules don't necessarily apply anymore. Uh, and, uh, you know, people tend to lock groups in, like Hispanics, whereas, in fact, there are vast differences. The Cubans tend to be more conservative, and um, um, also many of those from Venezuela uh, and Cuba are very wary of any talk of socialism and things like communism. So those who lived under those uh, systems tend to to react to the the charges. But what's important, and, and the only reason why I say it should let it run its course, I think, not to make irresponsible statements and not to make charges that aren't founded, but to have the confidence of people after this is over, which is what's essential. And that means if they see that that some of the questions are actually examined and and however they come out, they at least will have more confidence that we don't go through the next couple of years fighting and refighting this, this battle. That's not what we need uh we need to as i said i don't know that will be unified when this is over i doubt that but i do think that we can at least put the rhetoric back to, to rest and and get focused on the issues
0: uh, even, by the way, and I'll, I'll move on in a second, but even in Arizona, he won by 90,000 last time. I, I, again, if Joe Biden was running in 2016, I really wonder what those numbers would have been like. Because the Arizona population, even though it has changed a lot in the last four years, I get it. But even four years ago, could have handled a, what they would have considered a moderate, gentlemanly Democrat better than the way they felt about Hillary Clinton. But I don't know. I
11: just Yeah, don't... but people, I think in this race, many of the pundits have said that this wasn't a race between him and biden it was a race between trump and trump yeah,
0: and that looks like that's
11: and, exactly and with hillary like. it was to some degree the same thing it right. was people had very strong feelings one way or the other
0: right good point so, all right what's most important to us uh, let's go to Israel. U.S.-Israel relations. I mean, I know it's impossible for you to predict what Biden or his cabinet and others that he's associated with. And, of course, you have to wait for the Senate, as you just indicated. I, I get it. It's all a guess at this point. But I, I, c- can the U.S.-Israel relationship stay as strong as it has been the last four years under a new president?
11: Yes. And I think uh, it will be different. One aspect to acknowledge all that Trump has done, which is really quite remarkable in the record, uh, when you go back over the four years, and, and it's a short period of time, how many things he, he did vis-a-vis Israel. Uh, but uh, Biden has a long track record. Uh, there are forces in the party, which I don't think he, he wants to see emerge stronger because it's a threat to him, too, and to, to think other things he believes in, not just related to Israel.
0: Boy, we hope you're right about that.
11: And and the question is whether he will exercise that um, you know tough leadership and really um, pull people in. If you notice that they downplayed uh, certain people over the last couple of months and, um, and did go against them when it came to the platform, which it turned out well, and it was his personal intervention at that time yeah. uh, that accounted for it. But uh, look, there's reason to be. That's why we have to be involved. We have people who should make their will make, making their voices heard. Maybe even more, there will be um, a, lo- a lot of issues. I think things like the the process, the Abraham process, uh... which uh, continues to grow. You know, Malawi is opening an embassy in in Jerusalem. Their foreign um, minister, whose first name is Eisenhower, uh, w- was in Israel this week. Uh, There are others that are still working on it. Can Um, can
0: Abraham continue without the consent of the United States? Can it just be something that Israel... There is
11: a dynamic, I think, but it may be even stronger that people will look more to Israel. People in the region will look more to Israel if they don't have confidence that the United States or Europe or the West generally will react, which is what in part drove them together against Iran if they see a weakening of the policy. Then Israel looms even larger because they, as many Arab leaders said to me, this is their only hope against the enemy, meaning Iran.
0: So, if the United States incorporates a new yeah. Iran deal, we could see people, or I should say, governments, going directly to Israel, and and arra- arranging treaties, meetings, and uh, and and moving forward with them without the United States.
11: And I think even beyond that, they, they you know, uh, Vice President Biden did praise the the Abraham Accords, contrary to some others in the party, and. Uh, so i don't see any reason why that dynamic shouldn't continue it should um, for they those who thought the it. road to washington is through jerusalem it may be it may diminish a little bit but i think the american israel is not built on individuals it never has been and we have to make sure that that's the case we all work hard to make sure but the u.s Israel relationship i think is set first of all the aid program is set for years ahead the, the uh... that one that started in with obama uh, and Biden was a supporter of it at that time, uh, but the messages are equally important, and that we don't know yet. What will be the message that countries will get about U.S.-Israel relationship, about U.S. commitment to to stay in the region? Will, will they uh, take a more active role? You know, the perception was that that Obama retreated from the Middle East, but also that Trump retreated in in ways and kept announcing, you know, pulling out troops, etc. in fact, he stayed engaged. We still have troops in Syria. Uh, so it's a question. There are a lot of questions, which are we don't know now the answers. But I think that the Abraham Accord dynamic will continue. Sudan is in the process. Others are in the process of looking at it. I think the growth of the uh, Mediterranean Alliance and the and the Gulf Alliance and merging those, as well as the emerging Quad in in. Um, with india and the, in the indo-pacific area uh, japan australia in fact they're going into naval exercises now and with the united states these are very important developments and if we can help uh, foster that and then link them together we will create a whole new dynamic and it, it's an offset against you know the chinese the russians everybody's been waiting they're all you know, running around the region, especially now with the arms embargo lifted on Iran, uh, we could start seeing the arms sales, um, which Iran has been waiting for. They, they, you know, they're still flying F fours and F fives uh, from before the revolution since 1979, and want to replace obviously their their fleet. Um, and many other things that that the sanctions in the United States in fact introduced new sanctions the cabinet the the um, parliament met this week in Iran and they were yelling death to America and they urged people later to burn American Israeli and French flags
9: oh and right. announced
11: also that they were going to go ahead uh with their nuclear program and no restrictions they're telling them to to start activating the old uh, Fordo uh, facilities uh, and others uh um, Iraq which was mothballed, was supposed to be destroyed, but it wasn't. And they're, they've given orders now to, to restart or start rehabilitating those facilities. And they told them they gave them deadlines when they want the IR-6, the advanced centrifuges working. And the estimate is now that they, they have enough enriched uranium for several bombs and, and it would have taken them only a couple of months maybe to assemble one. I don't think that they have, but they certainly are advancing and they're building a new facility near Natanz. Remember when they blew up this summer, that Natanz facility, we talked about it because it really set them back a year or two, we believe, because that was where the centrifuges were being developed. It was one of nine places that mysteriously exploded, all with work accidents, I guess. Um, and the, um, uh, but now they're building this new facility south of Natanz, inside the mountains. So we know the roads, we know where where it's going to, but nobody knows what's in that facility.
0: It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, at NahumSiegel.com, and the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. One of the things that did grow this week was the squad, assuming that New York's Jamal Bowman and, uh, or Bowman I think it is, and Missouri's Corey Bush uh, are going to accept their invitation to be part of the squad, uh, then now you have... uh, you have six uh, members of the House who are uh, uh, proudly uh, along the same lines of that's um, Laib and that whole crew. Uh, the question really is, can Biden, as president, marginalize them? You know, you talk about, and your and your your words are encouraging about the potential for even a Biden administration to move forward with Israel and to uh, participate and to encourage the peace agreements, etc. But I mean, the, the question is, how much influence will that wing have? I mean. Bernie Sanders you know is expecting and and his and his um uh, and his followers are expecting a uh, a certain number of positions a certain amount of uh, of respect and access to the white house how how much faith can we have in biden to fend them off
11: well we'll have to see we, we but remember that their numbers did not grow that significantly the anti israel group in in the in the congress is still very small it, it it's maybe a minion Altogether, even talking about sympathizers, not necessary part of the squid, and the um, and and you can't lump them all together because several of them do not support BDS. Um, How many of them are uh, real Bomar.
0: BDSers? How many of them are outright BDS? I don't think she is AOC. I don't think she's ever- of
11: the of the six four. I think are I know right. that that Bomar has said that he isn't, um, and one other uh, also said that the that they don't support uh, BDS. I mean, they support uh, harsher measures right. in Israel. I'm not saying they're pro-Israel, but they...
0: They wouldn't go that they, far. Right?
11: Yeah, they wouldn't go that far, and and they, they moderate their positions, and reality also tends to moderate it. They will be very vocal. Look, she raised, a, AOC, for instance, raised a, a huge amount of money for her race, um, and really milked the election very effectively. Uh, but they did not get the national platforms. And I think the Democratic Party tried to hide them because they knew that that would become a major flashpoint, as it did you know, before the convention about the platform on Israel and that, that the vice president took out the word occupation and uh, other things that they were uh, promoting. Uh, I, I agree with you that Sanders and others, and I saw this video of Sanders talking to them and saying, you know, we're only beginning and we have the yep. agenda and we're going to push it. Uh, but they can't go against uh, They don't have a majority, and I don't think that they will have a majority for a lot of what they want to do. Will they move on health care? Probably. Yes. I think that a lot of the commitments that the, the vice president has made uh, and the party has made and said his it, first priority is uh, some things that we won't like. But I think... The uh, I, I don't think we should exaggerate them. I, I believe, for a large part, I don't talk about them. I think we shouldn't build them up.
0: Oh, boy, you're not going to like m- my next question. More then. than
11: the reality. <laughs> more than the reality. Right. We should be alert to it. We should be working hard now to build ties. But, look, you got guys like Richie Torres, who's terrific on Israel, a minority. Uh, he won pretty big. And, and he won significantly. Uh, others also. Um, so... All right, so here to
0: here are my two favorite questions of the week. And excuse me after what you just said, any chance that she runs against Chuck Schumer? AOC runs against Chuck Schumer in the uh, in the future. I hope so. And, se- and secondly, and secondly, any chance she challenges Nancy Pelosi for Speaker of the House?
11: No. The question is, will Nancy Pelosi run again? She's eighty. She said she is. Uh, she wants to go for another term, perhaps. But, you know, when they're heading to the mid-year elections, the midterm elections right. in two years, uh, and the, the record historically is always is that the, it would indicate that the Republicans would make more gains, even though I think more Republicans are up for re-election. So, number one, I'm not sure that she will, if she does it, maybe two more years, whether she would go further. She'd be happier under a Biden administration than she was uh, previously, if that's the outcome. Uh, I think if, if Trump wins, she may not go at all. Um, but uh, I don't think AOC is uh, is going to challenge, her. and if she challenges Schumer, I think she'll be roundly defeated. Um, she seems to be smart and shrewd in the way she operates, so I don't think she's going to go on a suicide mission. Uh, but you will, they will certainly try to exercise their influence, and as I said, with McCollum and Lee and others in those positions, though, that viewpoint will have uh, will, will play a more significant role.
0: Joe Biden turns seventy-eight this month. I assume it'll be a wow. one-term presidency, and uh, we should start, you know what's going to happen by 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 <laughs> by this time next week. People will be uh, conjecturing who's going to be in the uh, next presidential election, both on the Democratic side and on the Republican side. Any idea, I, I haven't heard anything, maybe I just haven't researched well, any idea about the Jewish vote nationwide this election?
11: So, um, yes, there's a lot of ideas. The In the Florida case, the estimates go as high as 41% of the Jews voted for for buying the the Republican National Jewish Coalition put in a lot of money there. They did a lot of uh, grassroots organizing. Um, I would say that overall, the tr- the I would in averaging out all the estimates that I heard, that the split was probably seventy thirty for for Trump nationwide. It might even be a little bit more uh, or a little bit less, but. Um, there were districts in New York that went overwhelmingly for Trump where there are large Jewish populations, right. especially in Brooklyn. Uh, so, you know, in most polls, really don't take into account the Jewish vote that seriously. Um, but they said we made up about 3% of the electorate. Muslims made up 1%, uh, less than 1% of uh, other groups also, and the vast majority, obviously, we know. Um, so it's it's a lot of it is guesstimates but the i think the range that it's it was more than last time but uh, uh nationally about 30 percent 28 percent could be 32
0: percent yeah i wonder with all these demographics uh I wonder if the Jewish population has gone up in the last four years in places like Georgia and, and Arizona. I just I wonder if, it, if there's any. I know that in Texas, people talk about uh, you know the major cities growing in terms of Jewish population. That, that that's made its mark uh, and made an impression on all of us around the country. I wonder if it's the same as they talk about the expansion of population in places
11: like. Yeah, Georgia but relative to other groups, it, that it's not just it's. It's not the absolute numbers alone. It's relative to who else has moved and what other groups there are.
0: And there are plenty moving to those states, I guess. Um, Just back, again, election-related, but back to Israel's role for a second. Uh, You mentioned, and and there are no doubt, uh, smaller countries that are ready to, uh, you know, that are standing in line to make peace agreements with Israel, similar to the one the UAE and others made. But does this put Saudi Arabia, because of its size and influence, in a different position? Can they move forward? Because remember, the rumors have been, including stuff we've heard from you, uh, the rumors have been that Saudi Arabia has an interest to move forward with an agreement like that with Israel. Does the change in Washington affect that at all? Because Saudi Arabia is sort of a different uh, type of relation with Israel now than the uh, than the other countries are?
11: Well, uh, we don't have an answer for that yet. Um, Saudi Arabia is different. That's true. And, uh, we've pointed it out. It's bigger. It's, uh, it's very significant. They have a different population. The UAE population is very much in support of of what Israel. The relationship with Israel and
0: Iran and Syria care more what they do than what the UAE does in other countries like that, right? Wouldn't that be accurate?
11: They do. And Iran is doing more to undermine the regime because you know they have a Shiite population in um, in Katif. In the area nearest Bahrain and where the oil centers are, so they 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 have a whole series of concerns that they are playing, but at the same time, there are more secret contacts going on there with others with Oman with other country other Arab countries that still aren 't reported the um, uh, so the Saudi government is going to have to make assessments. And they, the the encouragement of the U.S. administration, certainly in a case like of Sudan or the UAE, uh, work was very important. to sale the F fifteen uh, to the F thirty fives to UAE was clearly uh, a important part of the of the deal. The incentives that administration uh, can give. So Saudi Arabia and some of the others are obviously going to be looking very carefully at uh you know the situation in the region. that they've already started work on the big new development that's going from the Jordanian border all the way to the Egyptian border. It's opposite Israel. Uh and the importance of Israeli technology, et cetera, for them only grows. So there are, are are so many question marks. We saw that many of these countries that even the UAE and others voted in the UN against Israel uh, on the resolution, the anti-Israel resolutions, they they supported the, them this time, um, and uh, you know we also have to see what the relationship will be with the Palestinians. If, if if they will open reopen the office as they said, as Kamala Harris said, or in Washington and uh, renew uh, humanitarian aid. Um, which is a different issue but it's is uh, related to the um to the overall policy what, what kind of shifts will take place all of these things will will have to be assessed i don't think you're going it's it's not going to be a cataclysmic change you know or, 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 that in january 21st all of these things will will happen
0: i i don't want to make you feel uncomfortable in terms of naming names but i mean you know people people have associated Shelley adelson for instance uh you know, if someone would ask, is there somebody that's close with Trump who's influential, that's a lover of Israel would be him. Is there anybody? I mean, there has to be after 47 years in Washington. There must be people in the pro-Israel community who have a relationship and a relatively positive one with Joe Biden, right? I mean,
11: absolutely. Okay, that's sure. Absolutely. I, I think well, that's a I've think had a long relationship with him. I, uh, I know the people around him. Some of them are, are very good. Um Others will have to see, I mean, we don't know who who will be in there, who will be Secretary of State uh, you know people like susan rice's names come up, other names have come up um u n we uh, don't we don't know, and the u n uh job I know several people who are interested in it and they would be very good uh, but we we don't we don't know where all of this will will play out yet, so I think you know, we also have to see how what Iran will do. We see, see the kind of uh, extreme rhetoric and they if we're not going to make a deal with Biden. We're not going to make a deal with Trump. We don't care who the president is. Right. We care about the moving ahead on our nuclear program. And we see the PA is not moving towards a position of strength. They start fighting within it themselves. There's a split between the locals again and the Tunis outsiders. They killed, uh, PA security forces killed, one of the senior commanders of the Al-Aqsa Martyrs Brigade, which is associated with Fatah, because he was close to um, Mohammed Dahlan, uh, who was a challenger to to um, to Abbas. But And it's only one example of the kind of fights that we are seeing within um, the PA and the lack of progress. And they're having unity talks, as you know, but they're not moving very fast. And this week we saw two... PA officials, guys, what a guard and one who was a captain in the preventative security forces opened fire. Both were killed in terrorist attacks. So we don't know. Is that a reflection of a breakdown within the system or something more? And you know that the the courts ruled this week that the PA has to pay for the killing of. uh, the family of parents and and two unborn uh, children from the Shemesh family, if you remember, Tzipi yeah. and Gadi in two thousand two, yeah. um, so they're under increased uh, pressure all the time. To but you know, they, I don't know that they're in a position really to sit down and seriously negotiate.
0: All right, uh, I got to mention that the, you know terror around the world continues. I do want to mention Chabad of Delaware, another arson attack and. Uh, Well, I would assume anti-Semitism, as uh, as most are suspecting. Uh, We could help them rebuild, everybody, if you want to go online. Uh, Chabad of Delaware is rebuilding from yet a second arson attack. But, uh, Malcolm, we can't let this conversation end without you giving us an update on Vienna and if that attack was specifically against the synagogue or not.
11: So that's a—you're right. This is a—it's not just Vienna. What we see in Paris going on, we see in Great Britain going on— As you know, Macron has has essentially declared war, and Erdogan declared war on him, Erdogan of Turkey, uh, making very terrible comments and using Holocaust imagery, Nazi references, et cetera, and um, uh, said he was out of his mind. Uh, The the several countries, uh, Muslim countries, Pakistan amongst them, uh, had massive demonstrations against France, and they announced a boycott of French products, and Macron is working to try to counter it, it seems to have whited down a little bit, but the uh, the events, first of all, in Austria do not appear to be tar- have targeted the synagogue, which was already closed, but bars and bistros that are on and restaurants that are on that same street, and because it was the last night before the shutdown, which mm-hmm. now is in place in Austria because of COVID, uh, people, m- uh, much larger numbers, people were out celebrating, trying to get it in before the midnight shutdown, and so they just, the guy went, and whether it was one or two, they were... S- up to seven, it doesn't appear to be true, um, and they killed indiscriminately. There was no no indication yet that this was specifically targeted to the to the Jewish community. Although it took place on the street where the synagogue, which was the subject of an attack a number of years ago, wow, unbelievable. But the but overall in Europe, we see the the, the increase in anti-Semitic activities. It's not stopping. Um, we see BDS being challenged. You know, the UAE just signed a deal with Golan white wines from the Golan, and uh, the BDS people complained, and they just um, absolutely dismissed it and, and didn't care. So the um, you know, and, and we're seeing a resurgence on some of the campuses, and as well as on the internet, a big resurgence of anti-Semitic and, 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 and the Jewish anti-Israel activity. Yeah. And By would, the way, two thirds of the American people or three quarters said they recognize that anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism, even though half of the people don't know what anti-Semitism really is. <laughs> a quarter said they didn't never heard the term, and a quarter said that they didn't. Especially true of young people, um, didn't know what it meant, uh, but they do acknowledge that there is an increase. And if you look at the latest study, I think, in committee that the numbers of uh, American Jews who reported, and that a very significant percentage of young Jews, you know, like the 18 to 30 group, um, are saying that they have experienced uh, anti-Semitism on campus in, in themselves.
0: Yeah, and in general, uh, I mean, I know that most, most of the large synagogues are responsible when it comes to this, especially in this area. But we can't let our guard down. As synagogues are now being more populated post, what hopefully is going to be soon referred to as post-COVID, as we get closer and closer to hopefully you know more normal times, uh, we cannot let our guard down. All synagogues and schools pay careful attention to what's happening in Vienna, and Delaware, and everywhere else. Malcolm, any hope for this vaccine? Hadassah Hospital, the Russians, the Israelis. I mean, the any hope that this could be it and that it could start uh, being distributed at least in Israel?
11: As Nulah to Israel wanted a phone was told. There's always hope. There's no chance, but there's always <laughs> hope. But I think there's a big chance. I think that we there's a new nasal spray that they found that is being tested that blocks it. There are so many avenues to a solution. Um, you know, we shouldn't give false deadlines because we don't know. But the uh, you know how long it will take with human trials are going on in Israel and in Europe and in many places with different uh, vaccines. So I do believe we will we will come up with one. But in the meantime, <clears throat> you see the numbers. I think there were 100,000 new cases yesterday in the United States. It's an all-time record. Yep. People cannot put their guard down. I see the kids coming home from yeshivas here in my own neighborhood, and they're not wearing masks. And I assume they wear them in class, but they should be told we, we have to wear the mask. You have to t- have social distancing. This is not over. You see, New Jersey is going to head towards uh, more restrictive measures because the numbers there are are shooting up. Yeah. Connecticut is, is very serious. I mean, there are 40 states or 46 states that are having sharp increases. And, and you know, we have all sorts of rumors in that regard, too, that it, you can't get reinfected. You can't. All of that is speculation. People have to take precautions and wear the masks, even if it's only so to say, Kiddush Hashem, the people, non-Jews who see that from communities, people are taking the precautions. And and, uh, and that means when you're walking in the streets and other times, if you're alone, you know, some outside of your house, it's a different story, or in your house. But otherwise, the precautions have to continue.
0: Uh, the next, mo- I mean, I know we, we've been saying this for nine months, but the next month or two is so critical in this whole battle. And, boy, do we hope we have positive results very, very soon. Uh, I thank you, Malcolm. Have a wonderful Shabbos. And uh, we will speak, Bezrat Hashem, next uh, Friday here at the God
11: willing. Today. And maybe by then we'll even know the uh, answer to a lot of the questions that you asked today.
0: Yes, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully we'll have some answers. Um, Malcolm Holmline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations joins us Fridays, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time here at JM and the a.m. with the weekly update. This time each and every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin.
12: Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading parshas. Vayera. Parshas Vayera continues with the s- exemplary life of Avram Avinu. We begin with the Hachnasas Orchim. that Avraham had a doctor's note to excuse him because of the recent surgery of circumcision that he had. He was excused from Hachnasas Orchim. Avram is more pained from the fact that he cannot engage in hospitality, in, through this medium, influencing people in a proper way, because he is that Ohev Chesed who, he doesn't simply, he's not simply an Ish Chesed, he's an Ohev Chesed, a person who loves Chesed, so Avram Avinu causes that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should go to a plan B. Plan A was that there were not to be any people walking. It was so hot, so Avram should rest. Seeing that Avram had more pain from the lack of guests, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent three angels in the guise of men, and the rest, as we know, is history. But it's amazing that when the Torah wants to teach us of the... The hospitality of Avram Avinu. It doesn't tell us at the end of the parsha. There, it's simply hinted at in one word. Achila, lina. Here, it is enumerated and spelled out so clearly, because once again, to quote Rav Hirsch, the Torah teaches in the extreme, namely that even under these challenging conditions, the greatness of Avram Avinu. And his love for kindness emerges. But I have to tell you that I was amazed to learn, interestingly, that the first 71 psukim of Parshas Vayera are stuma. What does that mean? They're closed? It is one long paragraph. Now we know it's one of those we had it first that whenever the Torah presents us with a new idea, there is a break in the text. Either it's called a psucha, where the line in the Torah is left open, or it's a stuma, where there's a pause in the line, but there's a space, and then the line continues, but it's a new paragraph. Here, unbelievable! The first 71 psukim are just that, one long paragraph. If you will take out a Chumash and say, well, where would I put new paragraphs, you'd find at least five, six, seven different places within these 71 psukim, which are different ideas within the quote, what appears to be on the surface, two different narratives, one The first one, chapter 18, of the Malachim coming to Avram. And then chapter 19, which appears to be a whole different, quote, story with the Malachim coming to Sidon. The fact that the Torah puts it as one um, long paragraph, I believe, is teaching us a very fascinating concept. What do the opening words mean? Elov Hashem. Hashem appeared to Avraham. We're not told who, what, when, where. Well, the where, even that we're not told. Rashi tells us that Shlishi Limi Rashi cites Chazal that what is the purpose of God's appearing to Avraham? That of Bikur Cholim. who experienced his surgery of circumcision, HaKadosh Baruch Hu came to, quote, visit him and to heal him, as we will see with one of the three Malachim who come to heal Avram. So much so that when the Talmud asks, where do we find Bikur Cholim in the Torah, the Talmud understands the words, Vayira Elav Hashem, as if it were written, Bikur Cholim. Mm-hmm. Clearly, Hashem comes to visit Avram, and we are to emulate Hashem's ways. This is one way of understanding Vayera Elov Hashem. I'd like to suggest that the opening words of Vayera Elov Hashem, that Hashem communicates to Avraham, is being told to us, what is this Vayera? Just continue and follow how the narrative unfolds and presents itself. And so, initially, Avram Avinu is not aware that these three men are indeed angels and the Vayera, a love, becomes clear when the angel informs Sarah that she will have a child and that the second angel comes and heals Avram. But I'd like to suggest even further that the Torah informs us, and indeed, Hashem continues this Vayera, this appearance, this communication, to include the impending destruction of Sodom and its surrounding cities. We're taught in the Tona de Elio that we are to examine and study carefully the behavior of the avos, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, in order that we should be able to model and perpetuate their behavior. Now, note, as we all know, Avram Avinu personifies the midah, the trait of Chesed, kindness. Indeed, the Navi declares, Titain emes liYaakov, Chesed liAvram." Now Sodom, as we know, personifies the antithesis of Avraham. The law of the land in Sodom was, quote, no chesed allowed, close quote. Yet, the Torah does not simply mention casually that Avraham Avinu prayed for Sodom, rather the Torah devotes no less than ten psukim, specifying, in exact detail, the exactitude of the tefillah of Avram Avinu on behalf of Sodom. Rav Yaakov Kamenevsky, in his Emes Le Yaakov, adjures us to note how strong and passionate was the Chesed of Avram that he puts so much effort and concern on behalf of Sodom. I believe the immediate lesson that we learn therefrom is that now that Avram and Sarah were promised a child, Hashem is urging them to expand their horizon and show concern and responsibility for those beyond their immediate circle. And we too are to follow in the illustrious ways of Avraham and personify that which the Gemara in Yuma Pei Vav Amar Aleph teaches that that which we say every morning, every evening, we are to love Hashem, is to be understood not only one's personal love towards Hashem, but rather to conduct oneself in a manner that through your behavior, the name of Hashem and the representation of Him will be beloved to others. Our Honesty our integrity in the workplace both with jews and with non-jews is a very significant implementation of vayera elav hashem there's a fascinating Medrash tanchuma in vayera vav which states vav, excuse me which states that in the merit of the mitzvah of mila of circumcision that Avram performed, Hashem responded in kind with the prophecy, which began with Vayera Elov Hashem and continues all the way till Moshiach. The concept of psuchos and stumos of paragraphs, according to many, is no less than halacha lemoshe Sinai meaning dates back to literally when Moshe descended from the mountain at Sinai and therefore the especially long paragraph of 71 Psukim which concludes with the incident of Lot and his daughters in the cave might well be the culmination of the story which begins Vayera Love Hashem based on the commentary of the Eil Toldah on the Medrash Tanhumah. I'd like to share a fascinating story as found in the introduction to the eighth volume of Igros Moshe of the late Rav Moshe Feinstein's of Levracha, which aside from being astonishingly insightful will help provide an answer as to how is it possible that Moshiach can emerge from the cave and the incestuous relationship between a father and daughter. This story, which you are about to hear, occurred 99 years ago when Revmosha Moshe was a Rav in Russia. A gentleman was sick with an unusual illness that affected his tongue, which was swollen and diseased. Revmosha Moshe went to visit him, at which time he asked that all should leave the room except for the rabbi he proceeded to tell Rev Moshe why he had this rare sickness. He said last week was Parshas Vayera, and he spoke especially strong in a most negative way against the daughters of Lot, who had the chutzpah, the audacity to name the child Moav, announcing to the whole world that her father was the father of her child. That night, the patient had a dream. Two elderly women with covered faces came and announced that they were Lot's daughters coming from the Olam Ha'emes to answer his immoral charge. They explained that since, as we are taught in this week's Hakikar, when Hashem destroyed the cities of the plain, that Hashem remembered Avram. And so, by remembering Avram, he sent Lot from amidst the upheaval when he overturned the cities in which Lot had lived. Since the survival of Lot and his daughters was miraculous, they were afraid lest people should claim that an additional miracle happened and that they became pregnant from the Shekhinah And perhaps this would cause a religion to emerge as indeed like Christianity. Therefore, to prevent such a claim, they announced without a shadow of a doubt that for a woman to become pregnant, you need a father and a mother. And that is what happened in the cave. Wow. Since unfortunately, continued the patient, he spoke badly regarding the daughters of Lot. He was punished measure for measure, as indeed the spies, the Meraglim, <clears throat> who spoke and brought back Lashon Hora in the days of Moshe, as we find in Rashi, Bamidbar, Midbar, chapter 14, passage 37, that as the spies were punished, With a disease which began in the mouth and tongue, so too was he. And immediately thereafter, he turned to the wall and died. Rav Moshe believed the man and asked his family that this story be shared in perpetuity. Rav Moshe continued, Perhaps there's a midah, kineged midah here, that Hashem rewards a measure for measure. They wanted to prevent a false messiah from emerging, and maybe therefore they merited that the real Moshiach would come from them. What emerges from the beginning of Vayera, a love Hashem, through the incident in the cave, is the directive to Avraham, and to we his proud descendants, that it's the actions of man, his Hachnosas Orchim, his tefillah, his Emuna, which will bring about the coming of Moshiach. Shabbat Shalom to all. <laughs>
0: This is Erev Shabbos. Candle lighting at 425 here in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are because we are early, 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 early these days. 425 in New York. Lots of uh, uh, lots of cities have switched from, uh, and time zones have switched from st- from uh, daylight savings time to standard time. So much earlier than last week in a lot of places. Again, 425 in New York. Keep that in mind. 56 degrees, partly cloudy. High today, 71. Tomorrow, 73 in this area. Boy. Can't do much better than that, frankly. Uh, this portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at a A&H. and and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old World Classics, beef fry kishka and more, and modern, better-for-you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website, kosherdogs.net. Enjoy a 10% discount with promo code radio, and try a h today. Um, our friends and partners in Torah will visit us next week, please, God. We'll do that via telephone, and um, partnersintorah.org slash Shabbat is an amazing website with incredible videos. They're encouraging everybody to watch those videos and study them with uh, with partners, with uh, spouses, friends, cousins, business associates, etc. And the partners in Torah tradition. We'll talk more about that next week. Also, they have a big song debut that's coming up. So all of that next week, please, God, right here. At J.M. and the A.M. So pay careful attention for that. As we get set for, uh, as we get set for another great week ahead, please God. Also, uh, Thursday night, this coming Thursday night, uh, I will be part of. This won't be part of N.S.N., but I'll be part of the broadcast that's being done starting at eight p.m. Eastern Time, on behalf of Yeshivat Shavei Chevron. They are literally, and I mean this, they are literally going to broadcast from Chevron. Erev Shabbat Chaye I'll be on this end. should be a lot of fun. There is a um, there is a uh, a great need to support the yeshiva this time. If you want to see the yeshiva in Hevron, uh flourish during these corona times. So we'll talk more about that next week. It's basically charity.com slash It kicks off on Wednesday. Thursday we do the big final couple of hours. And again, more about it next week here at JM in the AM. All right. Uh, yeah. Speaking of elections and everything else, um, the uh, folks at NCSY really—they did a brilliant job, in my opinion, a brilliant job of uh, putting together the uh, the song contest for the best Shabbos song. We had a lot of fun with it yesterday during the live lunch. I was really honored to be part of their live broadcast with NCSY last night. It was really cool. And uh, this song, which came in in a tie for number three, was. Um, I guess a lot more popular with every age demographic than I thought. And this song is really a Shabbos song. Yeah. I mean, really, I, I should say a top Shabbos song. Here it is at JM and the AM.
9: I asked the man, I saw how
2: many Jews in this town. He said to me, there used to be a minion around. But one of us passed away and we've been feeling down. Yet now it seems as though another Jew has been found. Won't you stay with us for Shabbos, Minion Man? I stepped off the bus in Mobile, Alabama. The sun was slowly setting on the bay. 6 o'clock on a summer Friday afternoon. Shabbos was an hour away. I walked around the town wondering what to do. For Shabbos, there's no time to be feeling blue.
3: block then two more went into a shop that read closed on the door there was was a minion in the back of a hardware store nine men waiting for one more we ushered in the shabbos with a beautiful song the chazan had a voice that was
2: Is still dear, and when I make this trip through Mobile once every year, I remember the man who prayed
3: here. Now the minion is gone, a few died, some moved on, but the back of the store still remembers the song. To the nine men who waited, each
2: one came how Shabbos was carried on a song I asked the man, I saw how many Jews in
3: this town asked
2: will Won't you stay with us for Shabbos, Minion
0: J.M. in the A.M. Minion Man, there it is, yeah. The great Shabbos election. A top one, according to our friends at NCSY. We learned that yesterday. Ari Goldwag before that with Curry Bone. J.M. the A.M. Candlelighting at 425 here in New York. Thursday night will be uh, live from here. Uh, But we'll be with our friends at Yeshivat Shavei Chavron, part of their charity campaign finale. They will literally be broadcasting with us live from the Holy City of Chavron on Erev Shabbat Chayi Sarah. Looking forward to that next week here at JMAM. Don't forget all of our amazing programming all through the weekend, starting now at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. At 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we've got the uh, Table for Two program coming up with Naomi Nachman. She's live, well, live, quote-unquote. She was live from the Roadhouse Boca with owner and executive chef uh, Seth Warshaw, executive pastry chef Sarah Azizian, and Michelle Seka, the Miami food yenta. They're all going to be together between 9 and 10 this morning right after JM and the AM. The Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zamek brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem at 10 o'clock. 1 o'clock, great Jewish music, uh, Arab Shabbos music mix sponsored by the wonderful people at Kedem. Saturday Night single with Avrami is tomorrow night with everybody, Eliezer Zwickler starting at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, J.M. Sunday with Matis starts at 7 a.m. Eastern Time this coming Sunday. Matis is always live, Baruch Hashem, always at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Really does an amazing job, and I thank him So make sure to be tuned in. I'm just trying to see if we have anything special for Monday. Um, All right, we're working on that. We'll make Monday's show as exciting as all the others, that I can tell you. Uh, journeys, <laughs> time to say – this came in third, by the way, tied with Minion Man. Uh, journeys, time to say good Shabbos uh, for, with you at JM of the AM. Amen. We Israel and Eichem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program, heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at alchemsiegel.com and the Alchem Single Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. up. Another amazing week here at JMN. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please support our 2020 campaign. If you haven't done so yet, go to fjbunity.org. fjbunity.org. Be as generous as possible. And please consider a monthly donation to keep us going. All we do is provide amazing programming for you every single day, one day after another, after another, after another. So please consider a monthly donation. Go to fjbunity.org. Dot org. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend, everybody. Rest up from this interesting week. <laughs> Make sure to be tuned into all of our great weekend programming, and I'll speak to you Monday morning here at JMA. Naomi Nachman's next. Mark Zomik of the Arab Shabbos show. After that, and plenty more. Make sure to keep it here at the Alchem Single Network. Till Monday, Alchem Single reminding you: remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.